Hi, this is Chelsea Ingle, and I'm a certified Enneagram coach, and I'm so excited to be talking to Pearl today all about the Enneagram. It's Pearl, and I am so excited to have another Conversations with Pearl with you today. And as you guys know, anything I can do to help you with your mindfulness, your self-care, or just in general, help you have a great day, that's what we're doing today. And I'm honored because my good friend and business coach, Julie DeLuca Collins, was not able to join on her personal podcast today. So I'm taking over from her with an amazing guest named Chelsea Engel, and she is a certified Enneagram coach who has a passion for connecting growth-minded individuals with the Enneagram. And I love love everything Enneagram. I think it's so powerful. After 11 years in the field of education, she mixed her love of teaching and the Enneagram to create powerful and impactful sessions. She focuses on strategies and techniques to support clients, participants, and building that awareness of how we think, feel, and behave. Chelsea lives in Des Moines, Iowa. She has an amazing husband, two great kids. She's an Enneagram 2 with a balanced wing and has been on her own personal growth journey, overcoming PPD and A, anxiety attacks, childhood trauma, and PTSD so that she can live a more balanced and present life. And who doesn't want to be doing that every day? The Enneagram has been an integral part of her journey. Her core belief is that nobody is broken and needs to be fixed. We all have the potential to get back in touch with ourselves, the us that is unburdened from the years of stress and overwhelm, the us that is more connected to others and able to self-regulate, the us that shows our best and can even give grace when it all hits the fan, because life is truly a beautiful disaster. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. Thank you, Pearl. You're welcome. So I want to, I, I, I don't remember what I am on the Enneagram off the top of my head, but I was in a course and I took it. I was like, this is so powerful. And I carry many that what I did with me, but walk us through before you get in, what is Enneagram, but tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to the Enneagram. Absolutely. So like you said, in my bio there, um, I had a lot of struggles growing up and, uh, finally after go through, going through fertility struggles and getting pregnant and having my first daughter, um, I noticed that my anxiety was to a point where I couldn't handle it myself anymore. I thought for years I was handling it, but I was living in survival mode. And so I, I sought out some therapy and, um, eventually my husband and I went together and, and my therapist brought up the Enneagram to me because he noticed my Enneagram Tunis kind of getting in the way of a lot of things in my life. And so when he opened my eyes to that, it was just an, a world that I couldn't stop being obsessed with. And so once I left the education field, I decided to get certified. And since then, I've just been helping connect as many people as I can with the knowledge and information of the Enneagram. I love that. And I too struggled for 10 years to have children. I did the infertility as well. And um, after almost 10 years of trying, we stopped trying. We adopted our oldest son, Matthew, and then we went the route again and we had our younger son, Nate. And so it's a lot of emotions and anxiety and stress and everything like you described. And, you know, back then I didn't know about mindfulness and meditation and all these things that I know today. And so walk us through what is Enneagram? Explain to the listeners exactly what it is and how it can benefit them. Absolutely. So the Enneagram is a personality typing system that asserts that there are nine different core uh, core types of people in the world. And it's different than other personality typing systems in that it's based out of a core motivation. So your fears and desires that then form your attitudes and behaviors. So a lot of the work that you learn from the Enneagram is subconscious and it can kind of uncover some of the shadow sides uh, or the weaknesses that you have that are tripping you up and causing you issues along the way. Um, 
So once you know your own core type, it also helps you to see how you behave in stress because the types are interconnected. So you can learn your stress path and get some insight into like the red flags or yellow flags, if you will, as to like, oh, I'm starting to get stressed out. Let me back up here, which can really help that mindfulness and awareness you're talking about. And also it gives a clear path for growth and development and that it gives you a a growth path and integration path to help you to integrate to the higher levels of development for your personality structure. And what that looks like is you're able to understand what those fears and desires are that are kind of pushing and pulling at you and release yourself from those and have a specific um, steps towards how to do that. A lot of times I feel like this work can be confusing and you don't know if you're going the right direction. And that's what I loved about the Enneagram is that it was clear for me um, what steps I needed to take. And I like what you talk about, you know, it gives you those stress flags, those those flags to watch out for and, and mm-hmm. does help you with that growth path. And then also like that whole understanding as those flags come up, how you respond to them and how you react. And um, I do a thing called positive intelligence that I teach about. We talk about the saboteurs and the judges and how what, what we say to ourselves and having the Enneagram and understanding those those flags that are going to come up. It also helps you to know, oh, as I have that flag, that saboteur is going to, you know, we're going to sabotage ourselves because we're not listening listening or not digging into what you can learn from the Enneagram. And so, you know, how old are your kids again, Chelsea? Uh, So my son's about to be three and my daughter's four. So question for you. So my kids are 20, forever 25 and 23. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when they were younger, I didn't know about this stuff. But as I as I learned, it was probably about my youngest one was probably in the, about the eighth grade. So as I really understood and got into it with them, they used to give me a hard time. You'd be like, you're playing that that stuff on me, mom. They would call that <laughs> stuff, right? So, and I was talking with somebody earlier, just before you hopped on with me, we were talking about mindfulness and, and our younger generation. And we were talking about if we could do things in the school to help our kids today prepare for challenges. Like, let's start your day off. And I kind of was saying, and I'm I, as I more, I after I thought about it, we got done on the podcast, I was like, we need to really do this. This is a great idea. I'm like, we get up and, you know, our kids get to school. We do the Pledge of Allegiance. Hopefully we still do that at schools. I don't know if we yep. are, you know, and then we we have the kids do this show and everything and, and all that stuff. And I was like, wouldn't it be really powerful if somebody got up there and talked about, let's take some quiet time and, you know, People don't understand meditation. So I'm not saying you're going to do meditation in school, but what if you had some quiet time or somebody gave their favorite affirmation or something along those lines to kind of set them up for the day? I think it would be very oh, yeah. powerful. And so my question to you is, are you teaching your kids? Are, how many, how young can you recognize somebody's Enneagram and how can you, how are you teaching your kids to sort of recognize their feelings? Absolutely. So I have so much to say about everything there. I, like I, like you said in my bio too, I was in education for 11 years and I worked in some of the toughest schools here in the Des Moines area um, where my many of my students suffered from poverty and um, not getting access to the resources that they needed. And that puts them in survival mode constantly. And so they were constantly battling that, right? Um, needing a safe place. And so the school I worked at um, actually actually trained us in yoga for classrooms. And we did a lot of the meditative practices and giving that space for them to find their calm for sometimes some of them the first time in their lives. And that was a beautiful, super powerful um, experience for me. And as an Enneagram too, I love to tap into kind of my heart center with kids 
Um, And because I struggled so much with trauma as a child, I just wanted to see their hearts and give them that space to feel very known and loved in the classroom. Um, And it was, and we did it every morning. We had a meeting where we would sit and just um, share and talk about feelings. And yes, we, we did it all definitely in my classroom. Now I know that not everybody can do that or has the training or whatnot, but um, I knew that when I had my own kids, I wanted them to be emotionally intelligent um, as I was trying to get my students to be. Uh, So I'm taking a lot of what I learned there and also a lot from what I'm learning from the Enneagram because the Enneagram does give us uh, each of the nine types has a lost childhood message. Uh, So I actually utilize those lost childhood messages with my kids and I just say them to them often. Um, I tell them things like you're loved no matter what. You don't have to do anything. You're just loved for who you are and your voice matters and you matter and you're special and unique. And I see you for that. And just whatever it is I can say to them to give them that last message, because my hope is that no matter what type they end up being, because they already are going to be a type children come out the type they are, and then it's reinforced through the kind of nature and nurture situation. Um, So I do think that as I'm seeing them develop and their personality develop, I want to really reinforce with them the, the that lost message. And I definitely utilize with them like feelings, um, like I feel because and I need. So when they're kind of dysregulated, I take them over. We have a little center corner because I used to be a teacher. It's laminated. It's beautiful, Pearl. It's all there. And I say, how are you feeling? And they can choose that. And I listen to them and validate that. And then I say, what do you need? And whatever they say they need, I um, we have a whole list of things for them to choose from. I want them to know it's okay to feel however they feel, to feel validated in that way, to be seen and heard for that, to, to be given love no matter how they're feeling and then get their needs met. And I think that if each of us as children could have that experience, um, our inner child would know that. And then as we grow up, we would just have such a better lived experience um, whenever we get dysregulated or stressed out as adults. That's so powerful. And I like what you said that those lost child messages, and because we have to remember, and I think oftentimes we forget, and I didn't know this till years later, you know, as my kids got older, but that, you know, that up to that seven years of age, the things they hear is what they start believing. And, you know, having that space is so powerful to give our kids the opportunity to share what's on their mind and, and a safe space. I was at an event last night. Um, there were, it was a big community event about human trafficking. And it was really, there was two dads in the room and they, and they, there was two dads in the room. Well, and then there was this mom and the mom was like her daughter was going off to college and you could just feel the heaviness of the worry and everything like the normal worry but then the heaviness of this is what's happening in the world and then they had these two dads that were like how do I talk to my daughter and son about this? Right. And you could just feel the heaviness. And here I was, I'm a you know, mom, my kids are grown. I just, I, my heart just melted for them. And I just, I stood up and I shared, I said, it has to start with us. And one of the things that I did, and so for the listeners that are listening, write this down. One of the things that I did, and I actually got this, I saw this with a coworker. I would be going to work on Wednesdays and Thursdays for a couple of weeks. And I would see him at like a, a we had like a, a, a eatery, it's a local mom and pop place. And I would see him, I'd go in and get something in the morning for lunch or whatever. And he was always sitting there with one of his kids these two days a week. And so finally I asked him, I said, what do you, you know, what do you do? You just take the kids out. And he's like, listen, I started early with them that they had their own time with me and, mm-hmm. and I would take them eat. It wasn't the same place. He says, you know, as they got older, they picked different places to go to, of course. He said, but what he did was say, this table is your safe space. This mm-hmm. meeting is your safe space. Anything you need to tell me, I don't care what it is. It, you could be doing drugs. You could be having sex, whatever it is. 
it's okay to tell me that I will hold no judgment. There's no punishment. There's just support. And I was like, that, that's so powerful. And I shared with those, those families, those parents last night, I'm like, that's what I took with my kids. And then as I got older, my oldest, it was sushi. If he said, mom, can we go have sushi? I knew, you know, we didn't, he got older. We didn't do it every week. But if he said, hey, mom, can you, are you up for sushi? I knew that meant he wanted to talk. I knew mm. that he was like, got something on his chest. And my younger one was all about the movie. So it was like, you want to go to a movie today? I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's go. So I think for parents and what you're saying too, is starting young and just creating that space for them is so, so powerful because that emotional intelligence, like you said, that's, it's already there in them when they come in, but how we help shape that for them can mm. be powerful for them as they get older and they become that adult. It's so, so really important. Um, I, another story is my son, he has uh, many of his friends come over and still visit with us. And um, he, one of the young men, he's got a daughter and this young man, any mom would want him to be a, a, a son-in-law or the father of their grandchildren or a, a lady would want them to be the father of their children. He is such a great dad at like mm-hmm. only 23 years old, like really good, good dad. Wow. And he's in a situation where the, you know, the mom is playing tug of war with the daughter. They're trying to decide custody, how it's all going to work out. And she had put this Apple watch on this five-year-old. And whenever she was with him, she was calling it every five minutes. She was using it to track where she was at with him. And so she was here for her birthday and it rang. And I saw this little girl, Chelsea, just go like this, like this whole freezing, like this, just Mm -hmm. fear pop up. And I was like, I looked at him and after the, after we got done, I pulled him outside. I'm like, and close your ears, listeners. But I said, you need to get your cojones in order right now. You need to understand she's mentally messing with her. And if you don't Mm -hmm. step in and do something, she's going to have anxiety. She's not going to have trust issues. She's going to have all these issues. And so he went to, they had a a mediation, like within a couple weeks after that meeting, Um, I told him, I don't know that he did it. I haven't talked about this part. I was like, you need a psych eval on her to see where she's at psychologically right now. She's only five. But I said, you need to get this Apple watch off of her. And I'm happy to say that the mediator was like, watch, like they were shocked. Watch what we don't need to track her, you know? So I was so glad that they got her offer. But I I share all that because what you said is so true that we have to create that space. We have to recognize what we're saying to our kids and what we're being an example of. And so I love that you share that, Chelsea. And so you, you left education to start yes. your business. And so yeah. tell us like, how's it going? And tell us like, what, what are you seeing with your clients as you're working with them? Absolutely. I want to go to reinforce some of the things you said too, with um, the childhood piece and, you know, showing up for children, then I'll definitely get into that part too. But I just want to mention that, you know, as we are showing up for our kids in those spaces, if as you just said, a beautiful job of, you know, learning from someone else, how they hold space for their children, um, just try your best to tap into the, the the part of your inner child as well. Cause it's like, that's the hard, hard part for us as adults while we're parenting where our inner child is getting triggered. So it's like, this didn't happen for me, right? I didn't have this safe space. And as good as it feels to provide that for our children, or I almost said students, like if you're a teacher, it feels so nice to provide that for them. But then there's this little like yearning within yourself too, where you did not have that. And so, um, give yourself that validation as you're doing that awesome parenting and be like, that's okay. Inner child. I have space for you too. I'm going to hold space for you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to, um, validate your feelings too. And wouldn't have felt amazing to share this with a parent when you were that age, instead of holding the shame and the guilt that some of those things that we didn't tell our parents 
are still kind of triggering us today, right? Like it just, it just comes up. So um, I love that strategy of kind of having that date or that place where, you know, okay, your kid's going to be able to lean into you and say, let's go get sushi and you can show up for them in that way. So um, I really love that strategy. Um, now, as far as my business goes, uh, yes, I, um, I didn't know when I left teaching what I was going to do. I wasn't sure. I just knew that I couldn't stay in the environment I was in because as an Enneagram two, for those of you who don't know what the Enneagram two is, we want to be loved, wanted and needed. And so, and be seen as kind, loving, generous, and giving, um, and we're, we fear rejection and we fear being unloved and unwanted. Um, and we give of ourselves so much so that we lose who we truly are and we lose kind of our personality in it because it just becomes this giver. Right. And so you can imagine being in a space with a lot of kids who have a lot of needs and a lot of teachers who have a lot of needs. Cause I was a coach for many years as well. An instructional coach. Um, I had given all of myself and then I was a, a parent and a mother and everything. And I was completely burnt out. And after going to therapy, I realized if I was going to get anywhere in life, I needed to have my own space to do so. And so I didn't know what I would do, but I was on a, actually on a podcast of one of my friends and talking about the Enneagram surprise, surprise. And they said, why don't you become an Enneagram coach? And um, it just felt connected. It felt like this is absolutely something I want to do. Found a program called the Enneagram University after three months got certified. And um, yeah, so I work one-to-one with clients. One of my favorite things to do is a typing session, which helps people to figure out what their Enneagram type is, or even if they know what it is, go deeper with it. And then I take them on a journey through their Enneagram if they'd like to do so with an elite life journey, Um, deeply, deeply understanding all of themselves, their shadow sides, their defense mechanisms, their childhood wounding messages. I mean, the list goes on and on. So um, I've just found that, like I said a little bit ago, it's so important for people to understand how they are feeling and know where that's coming from, not just children, but for people to know why they are thinking and feeling the way they do, which is why the Enneagram can be such a powerful tool in coaching because people go, that's why I'm doing that. (laughs) Stop judging themselves and give themselves a little bit of grace so they can find um, that freedom and that connectedness and, and get out of the fight or flight mode. You reminded me I was a two as well, because that was whole okay. pleasing, yes. loving, and feel rejection, that whole thing. And yes. yeah, and that's why one of the reasons why I started what, uh, what we call the Shira League. And so we get together every Sunday evening, community of women from 8 to 9 um, p.m. Eastern time on Zoom. And we talk about, you know, supporting each other in self-care, supporting each other in our trials, our successes. We talk about what brings us joy. We talk about the things we have to release that keep us from bringing joy. Everything you're saying right now, emotional intelligence, you know, sabotage, Mm. all that stuff. And, and I just love that because you're right. There's too much as we're talking, reminding ourselves, there's too much that goes on every day that we think we can do everything. And and if you can, great, I'm happy for you, but you don't have to, and it's not your responsibility to. And that's why I also um, pen the phrase CEO mom, because I don't Mm. believe that uh, somebody stays, I hate the word stay at home mom, because I don't believe you're staying home all day doing nothing. The Mm. stay home means, oh, I'm just sitting around the house. No, you're doing laundry. You're doing getting the kids everywhere. And during COVID, you were being a teacher, all these things you were doing you know, and it's not your responsibility to do it all. The kids, I remember my sister-in-law, Melissa, she started helping my nephew, Sean was putting clothes away at at like four or five years old. You know, she's like, it's not perfect, but he's learning the things to do, you know, and learning independence and all that really powerful stuff. I was like, so that was so amazing. And so Chelsea, as the clients, as you see your clients come in, kind of walk us through, you know, they they kind of start with this, you know, and where am I at? It's emotional. And as you see them go through the process, what are some of the things you're seeing them come through on the other side? I think that 
I noticed just a transformation in their ability to get their needs met. Um, and it just, it, it actually depends on each of the types. So each of the types has their own transformational journey that they're taking because their weaknesses look a little bit different. Uh, for us type twos, we struggle with pride, which sounds a little crazy with being people who, um, you know, want to give and give and give. But underneath of that is um, a resentment that builds because we're giving so much of ourselves that we actually are giving to get. We're giving to get that love, attention, and affection that we so long for that until we're able to give ourselves, it never fully lands. So we could keep giving and people could keep telling us they love us. And it's like, it's whisper words that just go through your body. And it's like, I don't even feel that, right? Because it, it, it just doesn't land. So until we can slow down, understand what our needs are, again, just by simply saying, I feel because I need. I feel this way because of this trigger, because I want, you know, love and attention and affection and I need, and then learning to communicate those needs to people. So after maybe two or three weeks of coaching an Enneagram two, going from being completely stressed out, feeling like nobody cares about them, feeling like it doesn't matter what I do, how much I do. Um, nobody appreciates me. I'm burnt out. I'm, I'm at the end of my rope, continually giving of myself and no one sees me. I'm not getting my needs met. And I'm trying to bring awareness to this. I'm trying to say no more often, but I still don't feel love wanted and needed. Uh, fast forward a couple of weeks later of really listening, learning about themselves, taking the time to not just do self-care, but self-love, self-knowledge, self-awareness. That's a deeper level than just like connecting with um, a, a, it's like you think you're building awareness and then you build awareness so much like another level. <laughs> and then they're like, wow, the relief I feel now I feel like I can connect with people. Now I feel like I can feel that love and attention and affection that I was longing for. And I'm, re I'm actually learning to give it to myself. I'm learning to set boundaries around what I will accept and knowing I know what's going to happen when I say no, I'm going to have a shame spiral, but that person isn't thinking these things. It's me thinking these things. So that sabotage that you're thinking that you're talking about, like learning that inner message that you're getting. Um, and it's all clarified through the Enneagram. So it's like, I show it to you, you see it, you connect with it, and then you can apply it in your life right there. And by the end of the journey, it's like about a 12 week journey. They just have this freedom and this lightness about themselves. And of course, stress still happens. Of course, like, you know, life still happens where you have a shame spiral, but you have tools and understanding and it doesn't last as long and you don't stay there as long. You don't stay stuck in it, if you will. So that's what I noticed about like a specifically Enneagram too. But like I said, each of the types kind of has their own little journey from their weakness to the freedom that they can find. Yeah. And I love that you you brought up a really good point too, that you're going to do this work, but it doesn't mean life is perfect. It doesn't mean you're Never. not going to have a spiral. Somebody's not, somebody's going to say something to you and be like, it's going to give you a trigger, you know, but you have mm -hmm. the tools to work through it. Now you have tools in your toolbox. And I, I love your coach and I'm a coach. I love when somebody comes in and they want to start working with me. I'm like, well, why, what happened with your last coach? Why didn't it work? And they're like, well, because I said they did everything perfectly. And I know I saw them do this and this. I'm like, okay, because if they told you they do everything perfectly, their life is perfect. Kudos for, you for coming here. They're not being honest with you. But no. second of all, understand I'm going to have stuff I go through. I mean, this last year for me, Chelsea has been a huge um, thing for me. I lost my son last July. So seven months ago at 25 so years old. I mean, if I didn't have the tools in my toolbox and if I didn't live by the example that I did before he passed and continue that after he passed, rightfully so, I could be sitting in a bed in depression the whole time. And if you're somebody who's lost a child like I have, and that's who you are, that's okay too. It's not to say it's not, but it's do the things that help you get out and continue living because living in stress and anxiety and the doubts and the people pleasing and not be able to say no 
it's not, it doesn't serve you because mm-hmm. in all honesty, we're giving just these next two seconds. We don't know what the next 30 seconds. I mean, literally, I was on the phone with my son, said goodnight, love you. And next thing I know, he was gone. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you don't know what those seconds are going to be. And so I love to, I love to challenge my, my clients when I coach them, Chelsea, to say, if you weren't here tomorrow and your family could say nothing but what they saw you do for yourself and how you poured into mm-hmm. you as much as you pour into others, what would they say? And if they look at me like I have three eyes and can't answer me, I'm like, we need to start there. That's where mm-hmm. we need to start. Because if you don't know the answer and if you're listening to us right now and you don't know the answer, that's where you need to start. Get somebody to help you find out what is it that I want? Where do I need to start mm-hmm. doing something for myself? Mm-hmm. And it is like you said, it's self-care, self-love, all that self-talk, all that comes together and plays into who we become. And I love that you pointed that out to us too, Chelsea. So I yes. have a question for you. Yeah. And that is, you know, here we're all about self-care and what we do, just like I just said. So on your perfect day, Chelsea, your husband takes the kids away and you have the day to yourself. What's mm-hmm. Chelsea going to do? If she could only do three things in that day for her self-care, what is she doing? Absolutely. I definitely have an answer now. You would have asked me this five years ago and I would have been like, uh, I don't know. Um, but I absolutely love to do like a bath where it's like this whole ritual where it's like getting the bath water, a certain temperature and getting in my, what smell do I want in there? And like, you know, if I have the house to myself, I'm definitely going to be taking a very long bath, like hours long <laughs> where I just become Chelsea soup. I like to call it. Um, so yes, I just sit in the bathtub. I do have a TV in there. So sometimes I might put on like a TV show to just totally laugh about, or sometimes I just put visualizations of something like calm up there, just depending on what my mood is. Um, so I definitely be doing that. Um, it's hard for me to be completely alone because as an Enneagram too, so much of what I like, my happiness comes from connecting with others. So I'd probably reach out to a couple of friends, maybe do some phone calls where I can have uninterrupted, no kids around, like needing me for anything where I can just really catch up with a girlfriend or two and chat about life and connect with them. Um, and I'd probably read a good book. I'm usually reading three or four books at a time, whether it's a fiction book or an Enneagram book or whatever. So again, just that uninterrupted time to really like sit, think and relax. I know you said two or three food. I love food. So I'd probably find a way to feed myself, like order something in. I could keep going, but yes, like those things, you know, maybe do a little skincare in the bathtub, all the things I could keep going. (laughs) That's awesome. But I love that you have things you could do to keep going because oftentimes people are like, oh, I have the day to myself. Like you said, if it asked you a few years ago, it might've been a different answer, you know? And it's like, it's like, my my son used to my my younger one. He's like, do what you're going to do, mom. Matthew would be like, you're going where you're going for staycation. You're not taking us. I'm like, yeah, I'm going away to the beach. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go work on me, you know, so I just love doing those things. It's just so powerful and so fun. And, you know, when you do, you reconnect with yourself. And when you put yourself first, as we talk about here, the, the Shiro, wh- who is, you know, it's the S is, is strong. The H is happy. The E is being empowered. R is your radiant. And O, when you can do all those things and take that time for yourself, you become that original person, that original self that you were before life got crazy. And before, you know, we went on all these childhood, like you called it lost childhood messages that we had in our head. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's really powerful to do those things. I I love, I could, I, and as, as Chelsea was saying it, for those that are listening, because this will be on YouTube as well, you can go to YouTube at conversations, uh, conversation with Pearl on YouTube and watch it, but you can see her face just light up. She's like, I'm getting in the tub. Yes. (laughs) I'm having my ritual. I'm getting in the tub. So that's so awesome. Yes. 
And, and you know, Chelsea, that's the other reason why we also have our pajama retreat. So we do a, a PJ retreat every year in September. This year, it's September 14th to 18th. And we, you show up on a Thursday evening. We have a makeup removal wine tasting event. We mm-hmm. have our, we get in our PJs. And then that entire weekend, we're working on self-care. We're working on things like what you talk about, the Enneagram, the things we tell ourselves. We're working on all that yeah. whole process. And um, it's so much fun. And then everybody, when they bounce back into the world on Monday, they leave with their makeup and they're like, oh, maybe some of them don't even put their makeup on. So like, this was so freeing and, you know, it's so powerful to do those things for yourself. And so I'm glad you shared your your rituals with us. So we're, I see we're kind of winding down in some of our time. So I have a question for you. One of the things that we're doing right now in the Shira League is we're working on what brings you joy. And not just like, oh, my kids bring me joy or the bathtub like brings you joy. Like you, you yeah. down, right? Like truly, why does it bring you joy? And they had to come up with 10 things, Chelsea. I'm just going to ask you for three. Give us okay. three things that bring you joy and tell us why they bring you joy. Yes, I... Um... I, I love to watch people or personally myself, I love to do this too, but I love to watch people um, dance. Uh, and especially if they're expressing themselves or they're doing it in front of an audience and you know, it's been their dreams, so like expressing their true authentic beauty through movement and listening to like a song and just uh, freestyling, like freestyling to music and just seeing how they're able to take this beautiful melody and make it come to life through their body. Like I love doing it, but seeing someone else doing it and then getting accolades for that and just knowing their dreams are kind of maybe coming true. So like watching a show where someone's dancing and then, you know, getting to go to Hollywood, if you will. So um, that sparks joy in me, definitely. Another thing that sparks joy in me, oddly enough, is watching organizational videos. (laughs) I just love to see um, something going from a hot mess express with things everywhere to just put into its place. And there's something so satisfying and joyful about knowing that that person's like, now they're going to be able to find that so easily. Now they're going to be able to, and for me, I love, or I love having myself organized. I'm not always organized. Oh my gosh. No, like don't look in my office right now, but um, (laughs) I just get so much joy out of seeing that transformation of like hot mess to everything. So I'm addicted to watching those videos a little bit. Sometimes I might do doom scroll that. Um, Another thing that brings me joy is um, like, Yes, of course, my kids, but seeing them experience something for the first time. Last night, my daughter was watching Aladdin, and that was one of my favorite movies growing up. At the end of the movie, she started sobbing. And I mean, I was in the living room, or I was in the kitchen, she was in the living room, and she just starts sobbing. And I was like, oh my gosh, honey, what happened? What are, are you okay? What's going on? And I try not to get too like freaked out usually, but I'm like, that came out of nowhere, and she was just watching a movie. So I thought she got hurt. And she's like, they're so cute, mommy. And I was like, oh, are you talking about Aladdin and Jasmine? Are they in love? And she's like, yes, they're so cute. I'm like, oh, my sweet girl. Like, I mean, my heart melted and the joy I felt. I'm like, I remember watching princesses and their prince and like kissing and like, oh, it was just, it was the sweetest, cutest thing ever. So those just those sweet moments that you can never get back again and just like living in them and soaking them up. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. You're right. Because, you know, first of all, I want to point out to everybody who's listening, like 
Chelsea loves her kids. We're not going to say that. But she found something, you know, a lot of times when we work on this, people want to say their kids first. I'm like, no, let's, that's a given, right? But then yeah. when you got to your children, like you gave a great example why, like that experience, watch them experience new things. And that's, that is so heartwarming for all of us, those that are parents, because it's really, it's amazing to watch how they experience new things in life and new feelings and they, you know, learning what love is, you know, that's yeah. so, so, so powerful. So I love that. So Chelsea, share with everybody where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. It's Elite Enneagram Coach. Um, I also have my own website, EliteEnneagramCoaching.com. If you don't know much about the Enneagram um, and you want to learn your type on that website, on my website, Elite Enneagram Coaching, I have a free Enneagram test. And it's different than other tests where you just kind of click and go through. I actually coach you through and there's videos so that you can learn along the way. And then I get your results and I give you a video response. So it's like a mini coaching session with me for free. Um, and then you get 20% off a typing session as well. So something to check out, even if you do know your type, but you've kind of taken free tests and you're not sure it's a fun one to go through for sure. Thank you. We'll make sure we put all those links in for everybody. So now I forewarned Chelsea that we do these great things called Better Questions, Better Life. And you can go to betterquestionsbetterlife.com. I don't get any kickback on it. So I don't make any money. Just go buy them because you need them in your life. So <laughs> I'm going to shuffle them and you're going to tell me when to stop, Chelsea. And we're going to read your card. So here we go. Okay. And stop. All right. So your says, how am I expanding my influence? How are you expanding how, your influence? How am I expanding my influence? That's actually a very good question for me today. I'm putting myself out there um, because like I said, I have this free test and I'm just trying to get as many people to take it as possible. Um, and so I found an avenue where I can work with influencers. Um, so I just am meeting with an influencer a little bit later for her to take my test and then um, do a session with me and then share that out with other people. Um, so I'm excited to work with her. Um, I'm also putting myself out there in my business and just kind of personally to um, teach workshops, which is kind of hard for me because I used to teach workshops all the time as an instructional coach. And I got a lot of had to teach a lot of things that the teachers didn't want to learn. So it was kind of a negative experience for me because it was like, oh no, we have professional development again. And for me, who has a rejection complex, I'm standing up there teaching them stuff and they hate it. And they're like, no. So I have a fear around getting up in front of people and having them reject me. So, um, I have been putting myself out there to connect with people in these workshops here in the Des Moines area and I'm meeting people and enjoying it. So expanding my influence in that way as well so that I can, you know, hopefully meet some more people and, and teach them more about the Enneagram, I guess. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that you're doing that. That is to get yourself out there. It's so, so powerful. And so I just want to thank you for coming today, Chelsea, and joining me. Um, we're sending prayers to Ju Julie and her mom. Yes. And so I was, I've got to be the benefit that Chelsea couldn't be on Julie's show because Julie had to cancel. So I've got you today. So we're so excited to have you today. And those that are listening, I mentioned the retreat. If you, we have five spots left, you guys. And listen, the five spots that are left, you actually get a six-week course with me on positive intelligence. You get to join our vision purse event where you create your vision on a purse, not on a board. 
And then you also get some community of amazing women. You get our Shira League along with that. So go to wslivingretreats.com. Again, wslivingretreats.com. And if you are a mom who wants to get away, if you are a professional career person who's like, I've had enough with this office, I need some time away, this is the right place for you to be at. We're going to be on the beach, the Gulf Shores of Alabama. We are going to walk. We have our own private walkway. We're going to have 25 women total, and you're going to have a blast. We have so much in surprise for you. So again, wslivingretreats.com. But I want to remind everybody, as you come into this world, as you know, I say, you are this rough oyster on the outside. you got a lot of things to work on. But as you start opening up that shell, you find your inner pearl. And I hope you go find your inner pearl of greatness. Have an amazing rest of your day.